supposed to say? Welcome to episode 33. 33 and a turd, I said. <laughs> How's that sound? That works for me. <laughs> that works for me. I don't think anybody can understand it, but uh, hey, it works. So, so, uh, 33 yeah, welcome. And a third or 33 and a turd? Three and a turd, I say, for crying out loud. Oh, a third. All right. Well, could uh, one of you turds introduce everybody else so that we can get on think it? And, drunk. And the, other, the other turds are Brent Brzezicki, <laughs> Jimbo Lambert, and Mark Lambert. They're brothers, you know. I think they've got the same mutter, but we're not sure. <laughs> and it's Ed, me down here in Arizona. I'm full of piss and vinegar tonight. <laughs> and so, apparently, somebody's full of a bottle of whiskey tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you ought to get me going with some Jeremiah weed, baby. You really hear a good story. But anyway, uh, we'll just pass on all of that. That's that new liquor you started drinking, huh? Oh, it's awesome, bro. It goes 100%, down 100% proof. That's sort of like Everclear, isn't it? Wow. I, don't, I don't know. I remember Everclear when I was a teenager. That stuff was pretty brutal, but this stuff is goes down smooth, and before you know it, you're on your behind. Well, 100% <laughs> proof alcohol, yeah, that could do it to you. Yeah, so beats beats yeah. the heck out of hot damn. It doesn't give you a headache the next morning. You wake up and go, wow, what did I do last night? Just good thing you don't smoke. You'd light a uh, match and you'd yeah. be like a fire breather, huh? You'd explode. <laughs> Where's Ed? Mm. Burned down in that trailer in Phoenix. <laughs> he blowed up. He blew, blew up, yeah. Wow, yeah, episode well. 33. I can't believe we've been that way. Made it up to 33 so far. And we got a ton of stuff to talk about, apparently. Hey, Jim, you there? Uh, Yeah. Good. <laughs> For any newbies... Uh, Jim got an idea to write a book called Cop Talk. I am his brother, Mark. We wrote a book uh, called Cop Talk, and it's uh, to help keep people safe, to learn from the mistakes other people have made. And Brent joined the project and uh, helped us with all the publishing, and um, he's pretty much doing everything on the uh, backside of the book. And Ed joined up. I don't know why. (laughs) 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 It's just to get on the radio, I guess, but... uh, I used, to work, no, I used to work with Ed, and he wanted to chime in with some of his uh, cop stories, and we use Ed's examples of what not to do when you're a cop. So yeah, you had a lot of fun when I was a group. You had a lot of fun listening to me on the radio, and I was a beat partner, didn't you? Oh, yes, yes. I had a lot of fun working with you. Yeah, we used to kick some butt out there. We did. Yeah, until you got locked up. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ed never got locked up. He has knee locked up, and that's pretty much how he got out of police work. But uh, no, it's a it's kind of a fun show. Now we have a lot of different perspectives. So uh, with all the intro out of the side, I guess uh, I'm actually looking at your show notes, Brent, which is really surprising because I usually don't listen. I usually don't listen to you or look at your show notes. That's pretty. Much I even normal. printed them out this week. Wow. I don't even know what we're going to do. If this show turns into professional, we'll lose all of our listeners. Well, no, we won't lose the uh, the ones from Australia. They love us. No, but they did have a little problem with the book that we sent. Oh, really? Yeah, they got it. That was the problem? <laughs> and and then they're, they're, they were in some kind of huge argument about who got to read it first. Oh, well, that's okay. Well, they, had yeah. read, they had to read the domestic violence portion first? <laughs> <laughs> I just told them to tear it in half. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of like you get. I don't know. I don't know which direction they might have well, torn it. T- but they could have taken it over to Kinko's Copies and had a couple of cop. No, there's a copyright. Uh, in- yeah, I'm pretty sure that's illegal there, buddy. Maybe not in Australia though. Well, yeah, because the copyright's only only. Well, I guess it pertains worldwide too. If you got a well, worldwide I hope copyright. So. With the amount of effort I went through to get it. Hopefully hey, can you they- send me a copy of this uh, the show notes, sir, bud? I did. Well, they got stuck on my laptop and I forgot to forward them. 
Uh, I was camping. Well, whose problem weekend. is that, Ed? I, well, I'm you thinking want me to, I can run into the living room and forward it to this computer. If you want. <laughs> don't, don't run after the bird. No, don't. Just ate. Please don't leave. Please, <laughs> we must keep the show going. Don't go anywhere. All right, now that we bored everybody, let me do some in the news before we get into the show notes because you got feel free, and then I'll send. Uh, I'll send to... my buddy Ed here some notes since he's unprepared. Uh, Ed sent me this one in uh, Manson, Ohio. The uh, man charged after barking at a police dog. Police say an Ohio man has been charged with a misdemeanor for barking at a police dog. 25-year-old Ryan James Stevens was charged with teasing a police dog in the Cincinnati suburb of Mason. Officer Bradley Walker wrote that he heard the canine dog barking uncontrollably inside his patrol car while he was investigating a car crash at a pub. Early Sunday morning, Walker says Stevens was making barking noises and hissing at the animal. Walker reported that Stevens said the dog started it when asked why he was harassing the animal. The officer said Stevens appeared highly intoxicated. That is hard to believe. Uh, God, it's a good thing the guy didn't try taking a leak on the tires of the patrol car. I'm lifting his leg know, like a dog. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Mom? Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, it's messed up. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, people don't realize it's actually against the law to, uh, to annoy a police, a police dog. You could be arrested for it. Oh, I thought you meant urinate on a police dog. Do you put the dog sure on, on the stand, too, or what? What? So was he bothering you? <laughs> <laughs> Scratch your paw dog? once for yes yeah. and twice for no. <laughs> oh, jeez. Colorado police. Colorado police. Pepper spray. We know what Bolo would have done the minute he got in the middle of the court and we'd have taken a big dump right there. Jeez. Well, he used to do that in the middle of searches. He'd just stop and drop a hot pile and keep going. Hey, when you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> Jim used to do that on patrol, too. <laughs> You're not Colorado. supposed to? <laughs> That's Pretty wrong. sure there's a problem with that. Colorado police pepper spray misbehaving boy eight. There's a lot of controversy on both sides of this one. I mean, when you first hear it, eight eight year old misbehaving pepper spray, you think it's too much. But this little kid was a psycho. He had just thrown a TV and chairs and was now trying to use a cart to bust through a door to an office where teachers had taken some young students for safety. They called the police. The officers found him with a foot-long piece of wood trim with a knife-like point in one hand and a cardboard box in the other. Come and get me, F-U-C-U, blah, 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 he told the cops. When they couldn't calm him down, one squirted him with pepper spray. He blocked it with a cardboard box. A second squirt hit the youngster side of the head, and he down he went. And now the mother went on national talk shows uh, to say using pepper spray on an unruly eight-year-old was too much. Uh, had the officers chosen to be hands-on with him, the potential for him getting some type of injury, maybe even officers would have been much higher, the police spokesman said. Cool. It was the best choice made. I mean, could the article goes him. on and on, but... Uh, I guess they uh, could have tased him or shot him. That's yeah. the other one. She huh? wants police to get special training in dealing with children. You know, yeah, okay. if, if the kids having a temper tantrum, that that's one thing. I mean, I'm sure you guys hear the calls all the time, or on the Ed with you in the scanner. Parents call in, uh, eight year old uh, refusing to go to school. They're calling the police, and I'm thinking, give me a break. That's not what police are for. But this one, the kid's trying to crash through doors. He's already, he's throwing TVs and chairs, and he has a weapon sharpened to a point, trying to stab people, telling cops, come and get me. You know, it's now they. 
they did the right thing. They they could have they would have been justified going to the next step beyond that. He and even told you- uh, on the news. I guess they did a TV interview, and he goes, "I wanted to make something sharp, like if they came out, because I was so mad at them. I was going to try and whack them with it." They interviewed an eight-year-old on the news. Oh no, the mother took him on a TV show because she oh. wants to get rich. And yeah, and where is this person located? Um, this is in Denver. Wow, that is a clueless parent. Oh yeah, yeah. the The mother took him on TV and trying to portray him as a poor little victim. And uh, I would have taken him on TV and money. beat him in front of the national audience. You know, there was actually another one in. Um, God, where was this? It was in California where a a middle school, I think, uh, Ed, I sent that one to you also. A middle school student got mad at other students. They were always picking on him. So he took bottles of gasoline onto the school grounds, and the school resource officer, the police officer signed to the school, uh, tried to stop him. And the kid turned on the cop, pulled out a knife, and stabbed the cop three times before the cop was able to pepper spray him. And I'm thinking most cops would have shot the kid. I don't care if he's a middle school kid, 13, 14 years old. If he's plunging a knife three or four times into my side, he's going to get shot. Yep. And uh, the kid's grandmother was saying it was a, a excessive use of force and blah, 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 blah. And uh, the cop was uh, accidentally stabbed while scuffling with him. <laughs> yeah, accidentally stabbed three times. Yeah. Sorry. 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 I'm sorry. But when the kid calls grandma, ma, you know, there's a problem in the family. Real quickly, let me me interrupt here. Going back to the last story with that kid that they pepper sprayed. You're a year too late, Travis. I know. Geez. Hey, I went went to a call one time with a a crack baby. And we all know the dose. That's the offspring of somebody was on crack. And we used to see those girls downtown uh, prostitutes smoking crack and doing the whole nine yards with babies in their stomachs. And the group home guy, this kid uh, belonged to, said, hey, I cannot control this. He was like six years old, maybe three and a half feet tall. He goes, well, I can't control this kid at all when he has one of his uh, his outbursts, they called it. He had a really nice, you know, fluffy name for it. And I, I just happened to be right there when the kid started to have another one. I'm telling you, at the time I was uh, 250 plus with my vest on, gun, belt, the whole nine yards. I had a hell of a time holding that kid down. I, I, I could, all I could do was to hold his, his shoulders down, and his, the lower part of his body was thrashing up and down in the air, and legs were flying everywhere, and he was kicking me in the side, and the group room counselor had to grab his ankles. It went on for about 30 seconds, and all of a sudden, the kid was calm as could be, and I was like, what the? It was like a possessed little kid, and it was, it was beyond belief, and it gave me goosebumps right now thinking about it, because I, I, was, I was almost... <laughs> <laughs> I was I was dumbfounded. I couldn't a believe six-year-old a six-year-old boy old. is giving you goosebumps, Ed. It's, I'm just it, wondering now that you're 750 pounds if you have it easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what scared me about the whole thing? Well, here he is, six, and it's taking two full-grown adults to hold him down. Can you imagine what he's going to be like when he's 16 in high school and has one of these fits with a gun or yeah. something? You know, and it. Uh, and that was in the early 90s when the crack baby syndrome was starting to come up from the 80s when crack first came out and started hitting things real big. You know, beside freebasing. But uh, I can only imagine what it's like now with all these kids are are full grown, just having those episodes that they have when they were kids. Toasted it, brain uh, cells and superhuman yeah, strength. Unbelievable. That's why, I tell you, that's you go to some of the tasers. schools. You go to some of the schools here, the middle schools, and the some of these kids, uh, they're like six three, you know, two two hundred and ten pounds. They're huge for middle school. Right. right. I mean, they're twenty seven years old, but you know, <laughs> hey. still didn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Missed a few There's a bunch of people in San Quentin that are in custody for getting goosebumps thinking about kids. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It didn't sound quite right, Dad. Well, it, did, it gave me the creeps just talking about it because it freaked me out when it happened. And I just thought to myself, man, can you imagine this kid in 10 years when he's a full-blown adult fighting you and, and you don't have what, no you choice? Blame, do you blame the kid? You got a 250-pound cop laying on top of this little kid terrifying him, and he's thrashing to get away. What do you think? <laughs> For crying out loud. Okay, I knew you'd turn it around somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, the short story long is I, I can easily see how an 8-year-old, 10-year-old going completely crazy, your, your best option and your least violent one is to spray him. Yeah. We're, we're no, not, this, this other one, the cop would have been rightfully justified shooting him. Could you imagine the headlines if uh, if he shot the kid? It, it, it would have just been turned around. The headline would have been, uh, cop shoots middle school student after scuffle. I mean, it, they would have turned it around like they yeah. always do. Yeah, unless he was wearing one of those cool new video things. Yeah, yeah. That you know, That's going to that's gonna hurt some cops, and it's going to help a whole lot of cops. Yep. Everything is videotaped. Anyway, sorry for interrupting you. I just had to throw in my personal experience from that. It was pretty pretty scary stuff. Sorry for interrupting you. That's all we do on this show. <laughs> hey, anyway, was, off to more chipper things. That was it for in the news, but I do have a case of stupidity that uh, happened in my city over the weekend. People, use your head. My God, buy our book and, and learn how not to become a victim. Some guy had a uh, Yamaha 125 motorcycle, a motocross bike that he was trying to sell on, guess what, online site? Craigslist. There you go. How do you guess that one? He was selling uh, like... a bike on Craigslist. Someone said, hi, I'm interested in buying your bike. Um, let's, let's meet somewhere, and I'd like to take a look at it. So they met at a Walmart out uh, in my city. Well, that's better than meeting at his house. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. But where it starts going wrong is the guy shows up. He sees the guy come up on foot, doesn't see him in a car, <laughs> comes up on foot. They start talking about it. The guy said he likes it. He's going to take it for a test drive here in the parking lot. He goes, sure. Ooh, sure. Guy gets on it, and the bike was never to be seen again. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're going to let someone – I've sold a lot of bikes and bought bikes and stuff. Use your head. Get a driver's license. Get an ID. Make sure the guy shows up in a car and not walks up. But get some kind of ID. Have it set up in advance where he gives you the money for the bike, you know, before he takes it for a test drive. Uh, get a driver's license. Get something. Just don't hand a motor vehicle over to somebody, whether it's a car or a motorcycle or whatever, and let someone drive off on it. Because, like this, in this case, you may not get it back. And we had another uh, another one of those TV episodes where a guy's approached in a big parking lot, says, hey, you want to buy a, a flat screen TV? And he looks at it and it looks he had three of them in the back of the pickup. And he said that they all looked, you know, like regular factory packaged uh, TVs. Do. And he goes, let's go to the ATM, goes to the ATM, draws out 450 bucks, gives it to the guy. The guy gives him one of the boxes. Suspect drives away, and the guy goes to open the box, and it's a piece of painted plywood. He did get a real, he did get a real remote and cables with it, though. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, that's not funny. Well, oh yeah, it is. They shouldn't even call the police because that's stupidity right there. I, I would just go home and maybe cry. I, I wish I could I tell people you're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. I'm not taking a report on stupidity. <laughs> 
30 years ago, lunchtime, a guy pulls up in front of our steel shop. All the guys are sitting out front eating lunch. And one of the oldest guys in the shop who was always, you know, Mr. Smart and I'm, you know, Mr. Strong and all that. Guy walks out of the car and says, hey, dude, you want to buy this big? Uh, this is back in the day when TVs were, you know, 200 pounds. And there wasn't no flat screen. It was back, it was back in 78, 79. He says, hey, 100 bucks. I got to get going, though, bro. That, this is a really nice thing. He pulls open the top and you see a really nice finished top of a big, uh, the big style TVs back in the day. And the guy goes, okay, here you go. Gets in 100 bucks real quick. The guy gets in the car and takes off. Well, he takes this nice shiny lid out, which was a TV frame at the time. The tube was knocked out, and he put a whole bunch of bricks in it to make it extra heavy. <laughs> so <laughs> there goes the guy's 100 bucks driving down the street. He was MFing the whole rest of the day. That happens <laughs> all the time. People are putting yeah. uh, you know, bricks and heavy stuff inside of that, and it's people's greed. People... They think they're going to get, you know, pull a fast one and and get a something really cheap, and they get burned in the end. So they, they had it coming in that sense. But yeah, stupidity. Use your head, people. If it's too good to be true, you know that saying. Jim, yeah. you're quiet tonight. I'm just taking all this in. <laughs> <laughs> Afraid to open the box I bought last night down at Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, check it out. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> the adult store. <laughs> I'll give a shout out to Jimmy Sarmento. That was the guy who did that 30 years ago. Oh, I'm sure he'll appreciate it. <laughs> it's okay. He's not listening. They're on lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Brent. So, what do you got in your shoe newts? Well, we got two questions. Yeah, One that got take. a lot. Huh? I thought you said we had a lot. Oh, then we get to talk a little bit about internet crime. Oh, okay. That would be the a lot part. Um, this first one, I think I think you guys have given answers to a couple of these, but the second question is going to take a while to answer because he's kind of asking for some personal stories on uh, your first days as a cop. So this should be pretty interesting. Um, the first one to get it out of the way was uh, from Nicolette. Uh, this is an interesting question. I don't know if we're exactly the people who should be answering it, but we can give an opinion on it. It says, uh, my son was born in February of this year. His father and I have been together since before she got pregnant and are still together now. I think Ed already denied that. We covered that last year. Yeah, it's, it's no, well, it's a different, different, different question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there, there's another guy. There's another guy that they've never had any relations with going around telling everyone that he is the father of the son. So is there anything that she can do for spreading this false information? Yeah. <clears throat> Call 1-800-GO-JERRY and uh, make an appointment to be on the Jerry Springer show, and they can have one of those DNA specials. <coughs> I'm sorry. I think I liked, I, I liked Mark's, or whose suggestion was it to uh, file for child support? That was mine, yeah. You could yeah. File for child good. support and uh, see if he still wants to claim responsibility. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a lawyer. None of us are. But I would assume that there's there's something out there that you could do. I think proving it would be incredibly difficult. Yeah, because that's, well, that's really not defamation of character. I mean, if you're talking crap about somebody that actually hurts somebody financially or if it's in print, you know, you're saying somebody's a hoe or blah, blah, blah. If you got it in print, you know, they're putting it out on Facebook or MySpace and you could print it out, you might be able to take them to court and sue them for defamation of character. But somebody saying, hey, I'm the baby's father, baby's daddy, whatever, that, that's not enough to really sue. But 
what she can do is get a paternity test to show that there's no way that he could be the father, have him served with a copy of that, and then if he continues that, uh, then it could be considered harassment. She can get a restraining order or harassment order or something like that. But I'm assuming he would just shut up and leave. I would think that, so. That or the uh, father who's supposed to be the father was going to probably give him a few less tooths to uh, be talking through. Yeah, but that's also technically illegal. <laughs> yeah. To put everybody's mind at ease in that situation, she should go, just go get a paternity test and find out who the father is and you know have the other guy served with a copy, and if he doesn't stop, file a re- police report for harassment against him. Well, and if the guy that she's with doesn't take the paternity test and go, oh, look, it's me or it's him. you know, <laughs> God, God help her. Should- God help her if it's not the guy she's claiming is daddy. Yeah, she, she might. And she'll end up on Jerry Springer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or what's that other girl's name, that big or, tall gal, uh, Wendy? No, no. You know, it's the Maury Povic one is one that does all the paternity. Oh, Cindy is good. here for the 14th time trying to find the father of her child. That's because <laughs> she's had 14 kids since her last time on the show. No, no, it's kind of funny because not that I watch it. <laughs> I've seen it occasionally where they have this girl on and she's 100% sure that this guy is the baby's daddy. Well, he takes a paternity test. He's not. So they bring her back and she's got three guys up there that she had sex with and she thinks it's the baby. You know, one of them's the baby's daddy. All three aren't. So they keep bringing her back. And I think there was one that was like 11th or 12th time that she was back there trying to find her baby's daddy with all these guys that she slept with. So. She's making good money. She's making good money because I know that gal I chased around Pittsburgh who was on all them crazy shows was making a couple grand plus uh, airfare to get on those shows all the time. With that, She was a, she was a girlfriend of the Night Stalker. He was oh, really? Richard, That's nice. What's that, Richard? Uh, yeah, Ramirez. Richard Ramirez, yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget that gal. She's goofy. She's a three-dollar bill. She started stalking you, didn't she? Yeah, she sued uh, Sergeant Kohler and I for for some. We don't say names on this show. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Well, Why don't you give the case number? He's long gone, anyway, <laughs> so you know. Uh, but he had us in court for defamation of character. Was popping up between cars at two o'clock in the morning, scaring me half to death. Why did you do that to me? Why did you do that to me? Because you get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> then we had a guy named Sergeant S. That, ah! just say sergeant m or sergeant x or something so yeah well sergeant s it wasn't me but uh apparently he he he, uh took care of her so whatever that means yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think he had to retire over but anyway oh lord okay so can i think we'll move on now before ed gives away all of us okay um, so the second question wants to input that or Jerry Springer was his answer, right? <laughs> Jim just Sticking asked. with it. Yeah, never mind. So uh, second question comes from Jesse. He's uh, trying to get hired as a police officer. He's studied all the books and the tests and the materials. He's done a few ride alongs at the department that he wants to work at. Um, but he said that the one thing that they never seem to teach is what it's like for the first few days, a week or a year that you're actually after you're hired and you're on duty. And what? so he's asking, what issues did we all have during our first few days, weeks, years? Was it eye-opening? Was it depressing? Was it, you know, what What was your first impressions? Was it different than what you expected? Well, they can't teach you what your first few days, week, or year is going to be like because in police work, 
you don't know what's going to happen. Your first day, you may get in a shootout. Your first day, you may go to dead body calls. I mean, yeah, they, but how they about can't prepare you for for what you're going to see? But they could. Yeah, but he wants to know what your first few days were like, what you remember, Meathead. Right. And the other question is, is I don't think he's also just talking about going to calls, which is one thing that they can teach you about. He's talking about maybe interpersonal relations with other cops, how it, you know, how to, how you get along with your sergeants. All of those types of things. I could tell from my experience that uh, you're going to find a lot of people in law enforcement, as with any profession, you're going to find a bunch of a-holes there. You just got to suck it up and act like you like them and just go on about your business because it could be you backing him up. It could be him backing you up. The difference between you living and dying. So you just got to deal with the crazy personalities you find in all kinds of lines of work in there. They're in law enforcement, too. Would that I mean, be yeah. Sergeant X? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant X is actually a good guy. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he just happened to not fit into the the realm realm of things when he got. Uh, How about Sergeant S? Sergeant <laughs> or S Lu- yeah, or Lieutenant B or whatever. It oh, might Lieutenant be. B, yeah, he he was uh, he was a skirt chaser, but he's gone too. So. <laughs> he got yeah, shooting, the one uh, dating the girlfriend of the Night Stalker. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah, no, that was a sergeant that did her. Oops, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Then they had you know, a six-year-old that was out of control that got tased by another cop from the department and started. Uh, I don't know. Too much information. <clears throat> so the so Night Stalker girlfriend, wasn't that the one, Ed, that you laid on top of trying to hold her down as she was thrashing wildly trying to get away? No, 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 no. Good Lord. Wow. Can we just get to the question? <laughs> wow. So <laughs> You laid down on top of her? No, actually, as the story goes, I got a call from NYPD from the New York City Police Department detectives. They told me to tell this gal here to back off. She keeps calling the Sally Jesse Raphael show, creating problems for us. You know, would you tell her to knock it off? So they gave me one name, and it turns out she's got 10 different California driver's licenses, and every single one is valid. Wow. So I'm like, okay, this is this is just a this is. And I used to be uh, what was I called the poopy magnet back then, Mark? Any any <laughs> yeah, kind of pop poopy pretty magnet. Pretty much. Me, yeah. Actually, so you lay down on top that. of her to get her correct driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do that? I don't. I don't think that's department policy. Well, that was the way Ed. That was the way Ed searched people. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> well, that was how he just squeezed the crack out of their crack. Anyway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> And Jim, just so since you're still employed somewhere, the answer is no. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyway, I wound up uh, finding out where she lived, and she had a different name. She had a warrant for a stolen car, and she was driving a stolen car. So it just got worse as the day went on, and the sergeant's name, whom I mentioned, had to come over, and uh, he couldn't believe what he was seeing either. But uh, she had letters from Richard Ramirez, and the story went on and on and on. And I had like five warrants three months later for it, and I had to arrest her, put her kid in CPS. And then she started stalking me and blah, 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 blah. She even went by my house when I had it for sale, and I think she went in there with the realtor. And uh, so there was some concern there that she would accuse me of some kind of inappropriate action be able to uh, – yeah, like to, try to get uh, you on the Maury Povich shows, number 14, Baby's well, Daddy. She, she, she could say that I had you know, <laughs> sex with her, and she could describe the inside of my house because she went in there with a realtor. So they're, they're in like, I'm not thinking to myself, holy crap, I'm really in trouble now. So, I mean, I had to disclose all this to the department and all the stuff that was going on, and they're like, wow, you really know how to stir up the pot. Yeah, but, I guess uh, poop magnet <laughs> does equal you. Yeah, that was me. And then, uh, of course, you know, she wound up going away eventually. She went to Nevada and started a whole trick up there, but... Uh, 
that's the kind of cases you'll come across when you get into law enforcement and be prepared to be hiding under a abandoned gas station for hours typing reports or uh, writing them as we used to. So, okay, so so let's go around the room. Mark, first three days, week, whatever. Well, first few days, you're terrified. I mean, all of a sudden, welcome to the police department. They give you an FTO, field training officer, and hopefully it's one you like and get along with. Because there's a few that were real assholes. God help you if it's Ed. Yeah, there's a few that were real assholes that try to put you in predicaments to see how you react. But you're terrified. The first couple of days, I mean, you're so afraid of making mistakes and not doing stuff right. And if it's a regular department, it's uh, the field training officers. Every call that comes out on the radio, hold that for us. You know, a rape comes in. We'll take that. Oh, you know, shooting, that. we'll oh. take that. I mean, because they, they're trying to expose you to everything out there to get you trained. So you're very busy. Your first few weeks or months, you're with different FTOs, and you're very busy. You're taking every kind of call that comes out. They're they're having you write it so you know how to do it. Because you got a big manual, a field training manual, with all these examples in it, and you have to check it off, and the FTO has to sign it off when you've done it. If you've taken a sexual assault case has to be signed off if you take in a robbery case it has to be signed off so you're going you're very busy writing all kinds of calls and you got to be like a sponge you need to be able to absorb it you need to be able to remember how to do it and uh you know some some ftos may be harder on you than others but it starts getting easier and the most relaxing day in your life is like after three months when they say hey you're on your own no fto nobody in that passenger seat and you're so relieved to be finally be by yourself yeah, because then you don't answer up for anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me give Mark some. Let me give Mark a little kudos here. He was one of the better FTOs that uh, almost all of his trainees that came from him were able to write reports like no others. And, yeah, uh, yeah Mark, that's where they all got promoted. I'm still a freaking patrolman. That's yeah, you, that <laughs> seems wrong. Okay, you need to learn how to suck up and to shut up. But anyway, <laughs> that's why I don't have. Uh, that's why I only have two stripes because I. But, but anyway, all during all the years that Mark and I worked together, I could always count on his report never getting kicked back, and mine and me, me being there on over, overtime. But uh, he writes an awesome report and was a good FTO. So, uh, so that's why you kissed off all those reports. Well, pretty much, at least you get kicked back all the time. What the hell is yeah. that? I mean, you know, so like just kiss them all off to Mark and he's got a <laughs> Well, no, I, I remember cases where it was so convoluted and such a mess that they assigned Mark to the case just so he could straighten it out on paper and get a certain individual back online because they, they bungled the case to start with. And that was so a they manslaughter say, okay, case. They brought me in after the fact to try to. Uh, that, that was out. a total mess there. But uh, they yeah, that was uh, Sergeant K. But uh, yeah. we had yeah, he, Sergeant P that Edward turn reports in, and Sergeant P used to have all these multicolor markers in his hand when he reviewed reports. And <laughs> by the time he got done with Ed's, it would look like a kindergartner's <laughs> drawing page. So many colors on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Well, you know, if it was a good caper, I would do a good job on the report. But if it was a bogus caper, I just couldn't get my heart into it. It's like, why am I wasting my time with this thing, you know? And, it's, you know. Oh. Nobody wants prosecution. There's no workable leads. It's like, let me get on to a real crime, would you? Yeah. But, uh, you know. Yeah. Hard and, to get motivated and, for that. And it as is. a note to Jesse, the soon-to-become-new-cop, don't use Ed's theories. Right, so, right. And, yeah. and don't go to people. Your heart has to be in everything. And don't go to houses on Halloween and sprinkle water on the walls and you're blessing the house because you'll get caught sooner or later. Jeez, the things we used to do. Right, so, used to do. So it got better. It got better after three months. Even years after. I mean, you're going to learn how to go to court, testify, and the the biggest thing from their first day on, 
build a reputation for yourself that you know you could be counted on uh, as a cover officer, um, being trustworthy in court, uh, not getting caught in you know lies in your reports or on the stand. Just build a good reputation for yourself, and you won't have any problems in your career. That'll be a hard work. Along that along those lines, there's two guys that are gone from our old PD that uh, that I can tell you personally. I had to, the the DA walk up to me who was doing the cases, going, "Oh no, did he write this report?" Because they knew right away there was going to be questions from the public defender as to why there was certain wording in the report that was similar to a hundred other reports, and uh, and so you you don't want to start carbon you know carbon copying parts of one report to the next. You want to each report is uh, different in each of itself. The guy's pupils aren't all dilated the same. Not not every guy you pop up to who's on dope, his pupils are the same or his heart rate's the same and all that kind of stuff. So each one is unique in itself and, and write it that way. Yeah, some Otherwise, people try to shortcut and, you know, copy and paste different stuff. And, boy, I'll tell you, when that comes out in court, there's law enforcement officers that have lost their careers, lost their jobs over stuff like that. So well, it's, it's lying. You can't take That's... shortcuts. Lying is the worst defense as a cop. You know, when you ask about eye-opening or depressing, I'm just going to touch on that. Eye-opening, absolutely. And it it depends on what department you go to, but in a really active department, like where I went to work, it's an eye-opener. I mean, because you're seeing things that most people, when people call the police, you're responding to calls that most people are running away from. Robberies, people with guns, shootings. I mean, you see death. I mean, I've seen so many dead bodies, I lost count from car accidents to stabbing victims to shooting victims to suicides. I mean, you see death, and a lot of cops do become cynical. You have to put up a hard front or you will not make it. It's Some people, I've seen cops come in and they can't handle it. You know, anywhere from a few months up to a couple of years, they cannot handle it. The stress is too much. The death that they see, the crime, the victims, they, they, they can't handle it, so they get out of it. But uh, that's why cops have such a high suicide, alcoholism, and divorce rate, because it's not like you go home to your wife and say, hey, babe, you should have seen the dead body that I saw today. <laughs> you know? I mean, you can't do that. So you, you got, right, you right. Know, it you was hold awesome. It so it, it is an eye-opener. It can be depressing, but you have to find a way to handle it. And that's why most cops... You'll see them together. They they go out for beers together. Me and Ed used to go out on the boats together, boating on the weekend. And you, you, you could let loose. You could talk about it with your partner. You could laugh about things that you know you can't laugh about with other people. So it can be depressing and eye opening. But if you find a way to handle you it, turn it's into a, a big cynical jerk a, like all of us. <laughs> well, real, real it's a fantastic career if you could handle it. Well, why don't each one of us go through two eye opening and two depressing scenarios, and then we'll move on. We got. Plenty of time there, buddy. Jim, okay. speaking of depressing, we, Jim, we have to get we have to get Mister Depressing on first. Yeah, Jim's I've depressed got a now. Anyone would like to share if you've got time? Jim, the TV is not a flat screen. <laughs> it is a cardboard box full of concrete. What? So let's hear let's hear Jim. What's what's up? First week on duty. Well, you, you I okay? was always told. I was always told the three days you'll always remember in your career is uh, the day you graduate from the academy, and the first car stop you make by yourself without a TO, and your first felony car stop. And that's that's pretty true because I don't think anyone ever forgets uh, the day they graduate because it's so much work. And it is a rewarding feeling. And then after going through uh, three months of field training officer uh training it's cool when you're out on your own and you make that first car stop 
you know, and I do remember where I made mine. And then uh, the last thing, you know, your first felony car stop. But when you're new, that first few days, few weeks, few years, I mean, everything is so new. You, you know, your interest is, is super heightened. You're enjoying the camaraderie. And, and it is, for the most part, it's a bunch of great guys to work with. It's not always a great group of guys to work for, but the guys you work with, for the most part, on the street, uh, it's a feeling that you never experience in any other kind of line of work, you know, the camaraderie. So the first few years, I mean, everything's like brand new and you put 110% into it and you, you put in for a lot of overtime and you have the feeling, man, I can't believe they pay me for this. You know, it's that much fun. Then you hit that five year mark and you start getting a little comfortable and then, then, uh, then you start looking at it a little differently. But the first few years, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's off the hook. Yeah, I have to second that, definitely. Okay, you're, is that it? Well, you want more? Do you have any, like, good stories? Do I have good stories? I got a yeah, whole like, career of good stories. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, so, what, FTO sucked, and then you went on and did this other stuff, and now you're you're here. No, actually, uh, <laughs> my first two TOs, you know, I, I had been fortunate that I'd worked for uh, AMR, and I'd been a reserve with, uh, how do we do that? If you're, if you're going to say Sergeant P, how do you hide the name of a PD? Uh, you were a reserve with another department. I was a reserve with another department, and mm-hmm. uh, blank, blank PD. And, uh, you know, so I had a lot of training. So my, my field training, a couple of people that I had, I was like, are you kidding me? Because it was completely different and not quite as uh, energetic and, as the work ethic that I had been previously exposed to. But they say that, you know, with three, with three training officers, you take the best and the worst from each one and you incorporate it in, into your own style you know, you, you keep what you like and you, you shit can what you don't like. And, and uh, you know, you kind of end up with your own style. And that, that's exactly what I did. The, the first two TOs that I had, you know, one was uh, was pretty cool. The second one was a total waste of time. And uh, the third one, that's where you kind of go into your shadow phase where you're kind of acting on your own, even though he's watching everything you do. And I actually, you know, I, I sailed right through uh, FTO, but it was that was due because of a lot of the training that I had previously had. Was that the PD where you got written up for not using a number two pencil on your report? Uh, that's that's uh, that would be another agency. <laughs> that's the other agency. Uh, that would be a two-year period of. That was going to work for friggin' Podunk, friggin' <laughs> Mayberry. That was, a bad, that was what we call a bad decision. Yeah, that was you a bad decision. Short sleeve shirts, I remember. Yeah, the grass definitely wasn't greener on the other uh, side of the fence than on that one, was it? Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> no, I, your first few years are off the hook, and it's uh, you know it's it's awesome. And where you start getting frustrated, I think, in police work is is you put a lot of work and a lot of time into cases that you would think you know a judge or a jury or a DA would would say. Shh, slam dunk you know we're giving this guy 10 years and then then you see this uh this idiot in court that gets uh three years felony probation which is nothing to them and and basically skates on on everything you did and then two weeks later you know there's a bolo out for the same dude doing the same thing and and 
you know, you start getting a little frustrated with the revolving door and, and what doesn't get done behind uh, courtroom doors, which ought to. And, you know, that kind of stuff plays into it. So you start doubting, uh, you know, what difference does it make whether I do this or not? That's you know, you and, then, and, then you, and then you start getting into that period where, uh, you know, I mean, it's a 50-50 chance you're either going to have supervisors that you really dig that are great role models or you're going to have a bunch of friggin' clowns that should be working for the circus. And uh, sometimes, more often than not, it seems like you're working for a bunch of clowns. And, you know, they all have contests to see who can write the most memos, regardless of how ridiculous they are. And it's it's a total joke. But, again, the bottom line is it's uh, it's who you work with. And that's what was told to me time and time again in training. You know, you go through a 20-year career, and it's not what you did that you'll look back on. I mean, you could work the helicopter or canines or, or clean toilets in the jail, but you'll always look back on on uh, who you did it with and who you did it for. <laughs> if you've got a great team to work with and, and, uh, and great I always product. look back at who I did it with. What? Oh. <laughs> what is it? So, so, Brent? Sorry, Jim. Um, on, on that footnote, there, just without dis- disclosing anything, if you were to steer somebody into law enforcement now, would you tell them to go to an SO or a PD? And based on what what uh, the more options than an SO or less than a PD or a big PD or a small PD? Because since you got the most years on, well, I think, I think that he, a, a he smaller just you old. a smaller PD. That's all right. I'm used to it. A okay. smaller PD, you're definitely going to have uh, less chances to advance, and it's true. I mean, you're spinning the same streets over and over and over again on day shift, on swing shift, on graveyard, and it's like, God, how many years do I have to do this? And Forever. there's not a lot of movement. But like in my agency, even though it's run by uh, Barnum and Bailey, for the- <laughs> and that's the middle management, we, we just got a, a new sheriff who uh, – Everyone on my level is just so hopeful that things are going to turn around. You know, things are looking really good. But, <laughs> well, uh, but uh, let me play a little bugle tune for but you. But some of the middle management's working out some uh, some power struggle issues against each other, and that falls back, you know, onto the onto the guys working the street, and it's kind of a pain. But what's well, kind uh, of sad because you. So, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Is this bugle call? What the heck? Is that is that signaling the end of Jim's career? Uh, that was the yeah, that was a bugle a like call a for the, that was a bugle call for the U.S. Army in retreat. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, there goes Jim. Oh well. That the bottom line is, uh, I think for a sheriff's office, you know, whether it's a smaller one or or uh, a large one like I work for, there's always going to be. A ton of assignments you can put in for places to go, different things to try, Marine Patrol, canine, helicopters, you know, everything. A large city PD is going to offer the same opportunities, you know, like San Francisco or San Jose or, or Sacramento, you know, larger, uh, uh, you know, Oakland. But you look at some of these agencies, you know, say Oakland, um, lots of opportunities, but a ton of inner turmoil uh, where morale just flat out sucks and they don't have the support of the city council. And, dude, that makes working a 10 hour shift feel like 40. And uh, you just don't feel like going out and doing anything when you're working. So, you know, you're brand new with all this energy and all this interest. And then you get yourself buried in a PD with no morale and no motivation and, and you're not going to win. So you've really. You've really got to plan out when you're when you're applying and where you want to work. Go on some ride-alongs, meet some of the guys, and and ride with uh, you know everyone from the motivated guys and, and say, hey, 
you know, who's who's the grouchiest guy to work here, you know, and, and ride with that guy, too, to get his story. Yeah, I, I have to second the uh, – I, I regret having left an 800-person department, 800-sworn department to go to a 70-sworn department because the advancement was uh, – opportunities were a lot more frequent. And they weren't based on uh, who you knew in the in the particular department or who you kissed up the most to. It was based on how you passed that test. Uh, inside the smaller agency, it was all based on uh, – quite a bit of it was based on who you snuggled up to during the day and who you went golfing with in the uh, weekends and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, – I guess my, my preference would be to go with a larger PD if you want to move up quicker and have more things to do, and, and especially sheriff's offices, if it's a full service as so. <laughs> Who is playing that? That's not me. I got. I, I'll give you revelry taps or whatever the heck it is on my little bugle here. Hold on. Do you want uh, the? I, I don't want anything. I want. I want the next. <laughs> anyway, as far as the before audio, we lose uh, everybody, let's. Move, I think we beat that. Uh, I don't. I don't think he wants to be a cop anymore. Now let's move. On well, here I'll, I'll tell you what one of my most exciting calls was about a week after I got off FTO. Went to call of a man with a gunshot to the head, and mind you, I'm just off FTO. It was a big 350-pound black guy was blowing marijuana smoke down the barrel of a cocked and locked 45 that he thought was locked. When he blew the smoke down the barrel, it unlocked and put a hole in the back of his head. Hmm. And I sat there for probably 30 seconds watching his brains drain out of his mouth all down the front of him, the seat, and puddling up in his lap. And everybody was calling me on the radio, hey, you know, nine, blah, 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 calling my call sign. And I was like, I didn't even know where I was at. I was, I was so in awe of this guy's brains draining out of his mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, holy Toledo. So anyway, I finally got, got a hold of myself. And, and, of course, you know, they found out that he killed himself accidentally. But uh, I'm glad they didn't leave that up to you. You went to a shots fired call and you went to the Mexican bar downtown. And Oh, geez, that was another, that was another eye-opening one. The Mexican there was ten... all out front trying to shoot a sombrero off their head with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I rolled to a call downtown. I shouldn't say downtown, but it was a Mexican bar known for uh, illegals being there. Shots fired in the parking lot. So I go roll. I advised on cover like I always did because it's probably a bogus call. So as I'm going by, I see 10 guys standing around. One guy who's got a sombrero on, and I hear pow, like a 22. I'm like, holy crap, somebody does have a gun. So anyway, I pull over, do all the officer safety stuff. Man with the guns, you know, I heard a shot fired, and the cavalry's coming and all that. And so we get everybody, you know, uh, in cuffed and all that type of stuff. And it turns out these guys were completely poopy-faced all over the place. <laughs> And they had a crowd of like 50 people standing at the door, watching them try to shoot this sombrero off their head with a, with a, a, a two, 22 caliber revolver that didn't have enough ump to blow it off their head. So they were like, pow, 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 trying to blow this hat off the head, but it wouldn't go off their head. So they had like 50 holes around the rim of the hat, and they'd all been passing the hat around, seeing who could blow the hat off their head. Oh, my like, holy crap, a shotgun next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here, just hand it to them. But uh, anyway, we had like eight in custody, and you know they all they all pretty much pled out. So you know, anyway, this was uh, anyway. So as, Jesse, as... it is going to be eye-opening. It is going to be depressing. It is going to be exciting. It is going to be boring. It's going to have you almost crapping your pants with excitement. It's going to touch every emotion that you have in your body, and just find a way to deal with it. And it's a great career. So join the fire department. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> if you want to be like, join the fire department. And the other thing, too, is I noticed one that he did say in his thing here is that um, it, they never teach you about the first days, weeks, or years you know, after you're hired. Well, you've got like a, a, a milestone just to get hired in the first place. So just do each and every piece of it as you go along and worry about all this small stuff in the end. Getting hired is your biggest obstacle at this point. Hey, man, when you get in your first 110-mile-an-hour vehicle chase and, and you get that guy in custody and uh, – 
I mean, there's nothing like it. You know, when you make your first big, big super arrest, you know, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's cool being a fireman. It's cool driving an ambulance around. But there's something about being a cop where, I mean, you go to everything. You you go to fires. You go to fights. You go to shootings. You you go to everything. And uh, having that power to chase someone down that violently tried to uh, screw another person up or, or rip them off or just terrorized them, and having that power to chase them down and, and throw those cuffs on and drag them to jail. I mean, there's there's not a lot of other occupations like that. I don't think there's any others. Other and then dealing me. with the five hours of paperwork after that. But, hey, it is exciting. The, the uh, yeah. bad yeah, guy but Go back to before we had computers, man. Remember uh, the old oh, days with uh, a handwriting and, and a pen? <laughs> Used to handwrite all your reports. And in Ed's case, a lot of erasers. <laughs> no, you know what they used to do to me? Check. They would bring the paper into the PD, and they would be laughing. They'd hold it up to a light and see all the white out I had on the paper. <laughs> yeah. It's when the, it's when that single sheet of paper weighs two pounds. Well, that's, that's why, why, when, that's when why they Ed's reports it. always clogged up the uh, copy machine. Paper jam. Paper jam. <laughs> Damn this thing. Even when we went to computers. Flaking. Even when we went to computers, Ed was in the station typing, and he never used to save his, uh, you know, you hit the little save as you go along once in a while. He had, what, like a 12-page rape report or something, and you lost it because you didn't save it? <laughs> this is great. So now we'll get lawsuit for that. So <laughs> uh, So at least in that what were you drinking in the beginning of the show? What was it called? Uzo. Uzo. Uh, 100 100 proof. MD 2020. 100 proof. They still make that stuff? Cleans your garage and your inside. Yeah, there you go. No, simple green. Yeah, that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> All right, so we only got about 10 minutes left, so we can start on this Internet crime stuff, and then we'll just pick it up next week. Um, I guess the question is, first, uh, just a real quick roundtable on how many times have you guys investigated some kind of Internet crime or, you know, some kind of uh, fraud based on, you know, either online sales or online whatever, and just a general idea of what those cases were about. What uh, Mark, why don't you start? What's the, it's what's the latest now. thing? It's, well, I know it's rampant now. When did you see it start, and when did you see it blow up? Oh, many years ago, the identity theft. And uh, one of the biggest cases that I had is they basically, I think we touched on this on another show. Is, yeah, that's, uh, other, we're doing the Internet Crime Show now. Other so countries. Um, I mean, you can't touch them. They, they, put, uh, they respond to ads um, on Craigslist and newspapers and stuff, mainly on Craigslist. And uh, if somebody's selling something, they say, hey, I want to buy your camera. I'll give you an extra uh, $100 to ship it overnight because I want to get it quick, blah, 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 blah. And and they'll, uh, they've will they come up. The one I had was really sophisticated. They had they send a fake PayPal notice. They, they said they wanted to pay for it via PayPal, and they got the person's name. And they actually sent a very realistic-looking notice saying, you've got money, you know, in your account. The person goes, and they look, and they got this email saying that so much money had been transferred to their account. The guy gave them an extra 100 bucks to ship it overnight. They ship it, and all of a sudden they find out that it was a bogus notice from PayPal. And uh, they, they do that with a lot of um, Internet sites. The, the biggest one is the Bank of America and all those that, that we find where people are tapping into PIN numbers. They're... 
sending fake notices out saying your account's been compromised. Send us your name, your account number, blah, verify this online, and we'll, uh, we won't restrict your account. Right. People are falling for that. So there's, a, there's an easy solution to all of those. Don't click on them. And right, the problem exactly. is, is teaching people not to click on those and to not click on attachments and emails and to not, hopefully, not, you know, execute zip files and all this fancy stuff that you get as attachments. And I think that, you know, a lot of people these days have gotten a lot smarter about this stuff because finally main, you know, mainline news has taken over a lot of these stories and has started to educate the, the lay person about this. But, I mean, here, let me give you an idea, just some some stats I found when we were researching for this show today, it says 70, this is in relation to what you had is 75 million scam emails are sent daily and each day over 200 victims from those 75 million emails. Well, they're still doing it to this day. So it's still happening. It's still working. People are still clicking on the stuff. Um, yeah, they are. 73% of Americans have experienced some form of cyber crime with 65% globally having some kind of effect from that. Um, the interesting part is where the hackers and the people are coming from, which is not where you would think. So what was the most common stuff that you ran into for email scam, all the Nigerian stuff? Oh, most of it was like Nigerian, yeah. And, you know, you've won uh, $35 million, and my uncle is in this country, needs a place to put money, we'll give you 10%. So... So for Jim, for Jim and Ed, how many of those have you actually replied to? Well, <laughs> it's all quiet. I don't reply to any because you have to remember, you can't touch us. Oh God, oh, Jesus! <laughs> you can't go after a foreign country. Yeah, no, I just—I was just trying to find one I put in my. Uh... <laughs> and we're going to get sued again. <laughs> No, I, uh, I was trying to find one in my mailbox that I replied to. Him. I usually call them all kinds of names, and you know, that's L good. So, uh, so don't do what Ed does. Don't reply to them because that's that's they get your email and then they continue to send you even more, and you're become one of the 200 victims. <laughs> well, here's one here. Here, here, I'll read you one to it right here. Dear customer, we've been waiting for you to contact us and confirm your able package is registered uh, with us for shipping to your residential location. We had thought that your sender gave you our contact details. If the you may interest you to know that a letter is also added to your package. I'm that pretty sounds, sure I can just mute him. That sounds like a, an SO we were talking about. And that's Mark, at the bottom Mark's of, in a good mood tonight. <laughs> that wasn't me. You were still talking about the circus people at your uh, your PD. Yeah. Okay, here's a kicker to the end of the letter. It says, however, you will have to pay the sum of $100 United States dollars to the FedEx delivery department, being yep. full payment for the uh, security keeping fee of the parcel being registered by your colleague. Now, you, you'll notice there's misspellings in here like some third-world turd or some two-year-old wrote this. FedEx company, uh, as stated in our privacy terms and condition page, send your postal address, telephone, your name in full. This is mandatory to reconfirm your postal address and telephone. Uh, please note the packages are not shipped nor delivered on Saturdays, Sundays, and holidays. If your order has been placed on any of these days, then it may be shipped to the following business day. Kindly complete the below form and ask for your name, phone, address, your sex, city, state, occupation, country, almost everything they need to uh, open up a credit card account in your name. That's interesting. I never had the UPS person ask for my sex. Yeah, so this is FedEx. 
Oh, sorry. They must yeah. do. They must have different rules. I've got about ten of these in the last two weeks. Probably because I pissed some, somebody off by sending back the LMB uh, letters to them. Probably. You know, yeah. some are more elaborate than others, but I think the majority of the ones that are still out there is what they call the phishing. P S. Uh, phishing with P H. Yeah, phishing with a P. But there, everybody knows that people have bank accounts, whether it be uh, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase Bank, whatever. And these people are creating these fake, realistic-looking emails with the bank logos. Um, even down at the bottom, it'll say, if you suspect fraud, confirm, blah, blah. You know, they try to make it look real realistic. And they'll say, dear customer, your account's been compromised uh, or possibly been compromised. We are limiting your account until we verify your information. Uh, please click on the the next link, verify your information so we can unfreeze your account. And people freak out. You know, I mean, I get these all the time, and they just, they send it out whether you're a Bank of America customer or not or Wells Fargo customer or not because they know some of these are going to go to Wells Fargo customers or B of A customers. And people freak out thinking, oh, my God, I better verify that so they don't, you know, lock up my account. People. So what would be what would be the proper way to verify that? Call the bank. Uh, yeah. Actually, call the bank. Say, hey, look, I got this email. Can you tell me if there is something on my account, some kind of a free or verify simply it? log in directly and don't use the email links? Like, if you get a PayPal notice or whatever, just go to PayPal and log in. Well, they tell you PayPal, Bank of America. They all have. If you look under security, you could send them this entire email. You know, to them by PayPal, you click on a certain. Um, there's a security thing, and you forward them that entire email, and they send you within a day or two. They tell you that, you know, of course it was a fraud, blah, blah, blah. Right. But you could all, um, oh, God, Mom? All these. Uh, I, I'm just going to drop them from the call if you don't shut up. So all, all the different banks and everybody, you could, you could forward that email straight to them, and they'll tell you whether it was fake or not. But more than likely, if you're getting one of those, you know, your bank's not going to notify you by email like that if there's a problem or expect you to. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, don't waste your time. Just delete it. Okay, real quickly, I have another one to share with you that, I, that was pretty funny. This is from Memes Leanna. At, uh, I, usually if you look at the email address they give you and you run the last part of it, this one says SeminoleCountyFlorida.gov. Allegedly came from a person in the Seminole County, Florida government. I wish to notify you that the late Mr. Rolf Hoffman made you the sum of $12,030,000 uh, yeah, in his will. Reply to Andrew-Tidbury at live.co.uk. Tidbury? Yeah, I don't know what that guy's a goofball. He's, well, he's dead anyway, so. But uh, I await your prompt response. <laughs> yours, in, yours in service, Andrew Tidbury. Well, it's Andrew Tidbury. Oh, I guess it was Hoffman's dead. Well, who the hell knows? But anyway, so, I mean, it's that kind of crap there. Why don't you, uh, hey, Ed, why don't you email well, I was thinking about it, but I get tired. I mean, I get five or six of these a day. Here's another one. <laughs> Local wives looking to play around with you. Join at no cost. It's like meet oh. wives for affairs. Okay, I'm like, well, I you don't got that mixed up wives. with one of your other websites you look at. <laughs> no, you, you need to forward that to Jim. Is <laughs> it unhappily married women up. seeking a male buddy? I get these you, things you all the time. You can tell what Ed is uh, scanning through while he's doing the show, huh? Yeah, Woo. that's it. That's not email, buddy. <laughs> That's hey, your Craigslist replies. Hey, can you send me that link? I want to check it out. <laughs> Married and lonely wives looking for discreet relations. You know, you can go to Craigslist and find that in casual encounters. Yep. But uh, you don't need to do that in these bogus emails. We can go yeah, straight no, to the, uh, the expert on that one, Jim. <laughs> he's, not, he's not listening anymore because we made him mad because yeah, we don't listen to his dumb sound. You sounds. know, another sense of internet, not so much phishing type things, but Craigslist is becoming a huge... Um, 
playground for uh, people who commit robberies. They're replying to ads. They're going to meet people, and they're pulling out guns and robbing them. Um, left and right. I mean, we're getting all kinds of those. So be really careful if you're selling something on the Internet. Uh, be really careful about who you're selling to. If you're buying something, you're get, you know, you're going to go buy a car and you're going to meet somebody and you got two thousand dollars cash in your pocket. Be really careful. There's a good chance someone may, uh, you know, pull out a gun and and rob you. So use your head. I mean, I've sold and bought a lot of stuff on Craigslist, and I feel it's a great website. But you got to you you got to use a lot of caution. Uh, well, I bought my nowadays. last two uh, motorcycles, and I'm proud to say they weren't Harley Davidsons, you know, on Craigslist. And uh, yeah, uh, my yeah. last three boats, <laughs> jet skis, you know, I, I mean, as long as, I mean, you can tell just by the way the ads are written what kind of education the person's got that, that's selling the item. Did you and, find uh, your two ex-wives there, too? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're going to lose our last two listeners. Hey, Mark, mom's calling. Did <laughs> she play the bugle, too? <laughs> if she does, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she was <coughs> playing taps a minute ago. All right, so. <laughs> you guys are killing me. Okay, you okay there, buddy? I'm all so right. let's take let's take a quick minute to talk about Facebook. I would I assume all you guys have Facebook break. accounts of some kind. Facebook. Facebook. What's face? There's call number six. Yeah. Oh, so was... what's Facebook? I'll send you a message on it. When you get it in your account, you'll know. Cops just got a really big warning um, as Huge. to what they put on Facebook because they're going on saying, "Oh yeah, you know that that asshole last night. We wanted to beat his ass." And I mean, defense attorneys are cruising cops' websites, finding this kind of print stuff, and cops are losing their job over it. They're getting disciplined. Uh, and a lot of them are getting fired for the stuff they're putting there. If you're dumb enough to do that, you don't need to be a cop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Even on our department, you see some of these young guys, and they got all these pictures of them holding their AR-15s, and you know, and and you see entries when they're working. They're using their cell phones, but you see, you know, oh, I'm out on patrol doing this or that, or we're going to call or this or that. And man, you you work cannot work and Facebook has to stay 100% totally separate. I got to tell you, work and Facebook should stay separate in any job. Yeah, exactly. Because when I hire people, I look up your Facebook account. And if you're butt naked on the front of it drinking beer, I'm not going to hire you. Ed? Yeah, but on Facebook, I'm too old for that stuff anymore. 30 years ago, ago, you could have. I think we just lost Jim. Jim? I'm I'm good. That wasn't me. (laughs) I think I think that was an ad. It sounded like a cheeseburger cough. <laughs> See, he's not hey, on the line there. <laughs> you hear the big Ed? thump? <laughs> well, well, I'm afraid you guys are supposed to listen. Voice. See, hold on. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body. What the hell are you playing? That's his quote on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we got to close his account. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, so this show's taking a turn for the dumps. 
Well, that's okay. We only got six minutes left. So, so Facebook security issues are the same issues. You don't click on stuff that you don't know. You don't click on links from friends that you don't know. If somebody's got a cool video of Mark naked somewhere, it's probably not Mark, and it's probably something that's going to take over your computer. <laughs> so, if or if it's Britney Spears or whatever, I've seen it probably twenty times in the last two weeks from one of my friends at least that post on the Facebook wall that says something something. Click on this link. It's the best thing ever. Whatever. It, they're all getting hacked because they all have crummy passwords. Right. So passwords are a big problem across the whole internet. You've got to have a password that is not one two three four five six, or if you're really cool, one two three four five six seven eight. Yeah, your first uh, initial and your last name, and uh, yeah, anything that's easily guessable. That I mean, there's cool programs out there that you can get that'll make up really hard passwords for you that you'll never remember, but the program will. <laughs> <laughs> The, you can't you can't use the same password for everything because just like I was told the other day when I was getting into a place, the guy says, I said, what's your password for the gate? And he said, uh, it's one, two, three, four. So I put in one, two, three, four, and they got in the gate of the police department I was going to, which is really kind of funny. And then I said, is that the same as your, uh, you know, pin number? And he said, yes. So, you know, it, 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 I think people have to wake up and figure out that they have to start using much more difficult passwords. And I mean, some of the interesting facts that I found was, is that if you, it, it will take, well, to give you an idea, if you use upper and lowercase letters, so basically if you use upper and lowercase, A to Z, 1.41 seconds to crack the password for any any decent hacker. And as this goes on, it gets worse. I mean, the, the the more complicated you make it, the better it's going to be. So up and upper and lowercase, case sensitive, all that. Now, I mean, the bummer is a lot of these sites won't let you do half that stuff. So you got to just work it out and see what the best passwords that you can find. I don't know. What's uh, what's your favorite password, Mark? Why don't you tell us? Like bank. Eat me. Eat me. That's another good thing. <laughs> Another good thing is using a phrase that you're used to saying. So, like, eat me something something that nobody else would know. So, right. would Mark eats me be bad? Like, I think it's too. I think you have to mix it up a little bit more. Eat me, Brent, in upper and lower cases. That might be good. Or better, as long as it's well, you'll never remember the upper and lower cases, though. Right. So, hey, you were talking about Facebook being cautious with stuff you click on and link, and this will have to go in another show because we only have like two minutes left. But photos where people could get free software off the internet, <clears throat> click on the photos <clears throat> on someone's okay. Facebook page, and it'll tell them exactly where that photo was taken. It'll bring you don't up even a, need software. Facebook will tell you. That. It'll bring up a, a, a Yahoo map and show exactly where that photo was taken. If your kids are taking photos of them. You know, themselves in the bedroom, uh, trying to look a little sexy at 15 years old, putting it out there on Facebook. Somebody can click on that photo and find out exactly where that bedroom is. So really scary stuff going on out there. Ed, what are you breathing heavy for? Is that you? Who, me? Yeah. Well, I get bored, I start breathing heavy like I'm going no. to sleep. <laughs> I thought you were looking at that, you know, sexy wives uh, milk no, website no, no. again. I'm afraid to look at those things. Just waiting to see what bugle call I'm going to play when we close the show up. Oh, jeez. Well, speaking of... Oh, God, now there's my cell phone. Mom! <laughs> it is! It is! Oh, my God, the call... Get her on the phone. Oh, God. So, this speaking is great and all, show, but... 
This is a this should be a professional show. Too bad we have Jim. Well, let, let, me, let me give a shout out here to the Iron. Warriors. How do you know that's coming from me, dude? Because I see it on the Skype. Oh. <laughs> Busted. That's why he's not a crook. He's a cop. I, I can neither confirm nor deny that that was an accurate transmission. I don't. I don't want to say it, but you know, it lights up around your name when it's going. Well, this was a test. We're talking about technical, uh, you know, technical technicalities, and uh, uh, yeah, I wanted yeah, to see yeah. if you were going to catch it. Oh, that was, that was perfect, Brent. You busted them all. We got was a oh. Yeah. yeah well, congratulations to the Iron Warriors out there in the southern uh, region. You've got another uh, chapter going. You guys are doing awesome out there. Heard they all switched to riding Hondas. That is just incredible. And now okay. I got nothing but love and props for you guys. I have a question though, Jim. You bought your. You said you bought your last three motorcycles from Craigslist. Yes. And one of those was the Honda. Yes. And the Honda doesn't run. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I guess that's busted again. Actually, I don't think he's trying to remember because none of them run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You, you okay? Wow. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to depress you. I'm just watching your name light up on the screen, uh, knowing yeah. that all those friggin' shots are coming from you. Yeah, that's cool. You can't miss my shots. They're directed right at you. Yeah, we'll we'll cover so, more internet fraud. Next week, like the story. Yeah, there's there's yeah, plenty the sexy, to talk about. Yeah, the sexy woman from Craigslist come over, but it was a transvestite he found out. So that would be that would be busted too. Internet fraud. Yes. Funny how so, her name was Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> so on that on that note on that note, thanks to uh, Nicolette and Jesse yeah, for asking questions. Good and, questions. Uh, thanks to you three or two or three, I guess idiots for being here for one more week and thanks for joining us on episode 33 and join us for episode 34 if we do make it in two weeks yeah i don't know it's kind of up in the air right now if jim wants to play any more music during these things we're just gonna throw them out i hope ed's found a really good closing song all this i'm gonna play one more tab one more thing here i want to see if any army people out there know uh which one it is because this gives you uh uh 16 of these things and each one is the actual bugle call you're slurring it <laughs> okay, next week I'm going to bring on some. Oh, you know, next week. Well, no, it won't be next week. Thank goodness, I'll be out of town. Hey, why don't uh, you say this? Why don't Why don't you say whoever can answer the question right gets a free book? Well, exactly. I was trying to say that, but Mark kept interrupting me. Well, you kept slurring. Okay. Well, all right. The first person to reply with the answer to whatever Ed's question is going to be gets a free book. I'm yep. going to play one bugle call, and you should be able to answer which one it is. It's a pretty common one, so listen closely. You get a free book for this one. <laughs> I wonder if I can play. Good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so whoever... If whoever they can't figure that, that out. First, if you can't figure that one out, you should join the Marines. Yeah, okay. or... Uh, Jim yeah. played so, that when he has his Craigslist dates over. <laughs> Charge! <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, until uh, until until two weeks, which I'm sure we'll have more crime to talk about. I guess we'll see everybody later. What is right. yeah, I've got to call my mom back. She's called nine times in the last minute and a half. <laughs> That's a lot. Hey, I just yeah. found a seven six two by three nine on my desk here. What's that doing here? <laughs>
the hollow point too for crying out loud <laughs> i'm assuming you need to check those rounds buddy well so my desk here has got a hollow point for a 762 i39 i'm like wow that's it cool i'll go put that in, in my his box. underwear when he goes to sleep yeah, that <laughs> must, <laughs> must have dropped out of your underwear especially if you're god fearing and gun loving you're all good with me and we'll on see that you note yeah and uh thanks to everybody and we'll see you guys in two weeks. stay safe bye we might not see jim because i think i'm gonna go shoot I'll be in jail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>